Hello, everybody. We are back on the Chesterfield sofas. They feel so shiny this week, and don't they? I'm really happy. Shiny, tacky. Well, well, they feel no, sticky. Bit, they feel like they've come from a revolution. They're not tacky. Um, do you know what? It's, it's nice though to be just be sat on the sofas again, having a chat. I, I hate. I'm sick of all those ones we did on Zoom. Sick of them. Sick of them. Rubbish. Honestly, yeah, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom is, is rubbish. Yeah, it's not it? good, is it? Delays. We did our best. We did our best. And we'll have plenty more to come on Zoom because we'll probably be in another lockdown. Don't want to break it to did, you. Did, did we do our best? I'm we not did. sure we did. Well, I, I think I, some things we I mean, did. Flash gave his best. Yeah. All four best. words. He muted episode. himself for a whole episode once because his, his child was walking in. Yeah, my child kept sitting <laughs> on my knee screaming. I thought, I'll just mute myself. I think you muted and no the, one will know. For, I think you I'll just, like, just follow, nod along. The Stuart Pearce episode, you were muted and, because your son ate your headphones or something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah, everything. Taking it, look, we're taking it seriously, guys. We're taking it yeah. seriously. No, there, there are topics to take seriously. And I think the people who have stuck with us all these years, all three and a half of Captain them. Captain Jibbers is one. Captain Jibbers. He's, he's, he's not to be seen. Anybody else? Few. I'm worried Anybody about else? Any yeah. other OGs? Um, yeah, there's a few. He, he you do know I was Captain Jibbers. Well, yeah. You didn't know that. Are you actually? Did you not tell You've me? not got time for that, John. Ah, John, don't you don't sure. know what social yeah, media is until you... Exactly. Yeah. When everyone trolled you, you ran away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but look, we have tackled, or tried to tackle, some semi-serious slash serious topics. Mm. Don't know how well we've done it, but we've had people on telling their stories, which is what it's about. I think we've it's evolved. It's evolved into people telling this story, which is about... It's not about us. It's about people telling this story. However... This one is about us. It was about you two clowns. And I've got a little topic for you. Something that's been sort of ringing around my mind and resonating a little bit was recently Naomi Osaka. Mm. Okay. For those who don't know, I'm sure you do. Brilliant tennis player, former world number one. She's only 23 years old. Um, she burst onto the scene in, in 2018 and she beat Serena Williams. And basically the story of her beating Serena Williams was Serena Williams having an argument with an umpire. And it went on and on and on and on. And this young girl at the time, it's not patronizing to say girl, because she was, she was a teenager. And and she wasn't the story. And it wasn't on the back pages. It wasn't like, wow, this girl slash woman, amazing tennis player, is going to take over the world. It was about Serena Williams having an argument with an umpire. Well, that's, yeah. No, so, no, but then, and that's a whole other discussion. But the, recently she's been talking about mental health and she's been talking about depression and said she's had these, you know, severe bouts of depression since she kept, since she burst onto the scene because she wasn't equipped to handle being at that level as an athlete, right? But the one thing that really clicked with me is the relationship with the press, athletes, players, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them. And it's, I know it's different when you're a, an individual, whether you're a golfer, whether you're a tennis player compared to what you guys have been through as a team sport. And, you know, you may be the, the superstar being scrutinized, but most of the time it's a team and it's kind of, it's shared, isn't it? It's, yes, a, it's yeah, a shared yeah, burden. Yeah. But how would you then, as rugby league players, you've only recently retired, describe your relationship with the media and with the press? Well, I think specifically if we're talking about what what was her concern post-match press conferences in particular mm. or uh, not wanting to attend a post-match press conference i think it's both the lot is that yeah sorry but you get started but it was the, it's the it's the sort of the routine of having to do them and also this this is a woman who is willing to pull out of a grand slam tournament the french open mm. because just simply because she couldn't deal with the rigors of facing the press and and her and you know and obviously the mental health issue, which is which is a much bigger topic, and, and you know we've we've been over and whatever. But I'm saying that was the final spike, that was the final trigger that she did not want to face the press. Mm. 
should it be that much of a burden that it, it stops a great talent pulling out of a major tournament? Yeah, well, I think that <laughs> press conferences for me throughout my career have been one of the most pointless events in, in your diary. Like, you know, after a game, you know, sitting in a press conference as a captain or through the week, mm. press conferences, interactions with the media, for me have been relatively pointless. As in... Why? Because the story is being written already by the question that you've been an like asked. You know, mm. I remember Paul Wellens, we were sat in a press conference at a table and one of the journalists asked if Danny Maguire, you know, could be the Great Britain standoff. Bear in mind, Leon Price was in our team who, you know, was the Great Britain standoff at the time. Mm. And then he said, yeah, of course he could be, but obviously Leon... And, and then the headline was Paul Wellens says Maguire should be standoff for Great Britain or whatever. And that, like, just blatant editorial mistrust between the the, the, the actual, you know, the, the, the tagline on the story and like, the content of the story is, like, a problem in sport. But it's not new, that laziness, which is what it is, because let's, yeah. let's call it as it is. It's not new, is it? No, it's, it's sensationalism. So the press control the narrative, and then they will sensationalise a story in order to get more clicks, more readership, and then money on the back of it from their bosses. <clears throat> now, I've probably not... Well, I know I've not experienced as much uh, press coverage or conferences as, say, John, or certainly Naomi Osaka, but... What, one thing I've noticed over the years is athletes and players uh, are instructed to uh, go to press conference, do, conferences, do interviews, and then whoever's inter interviewing them, they're in, ch in charge or they dictate the narrative of where that goes. Similar to Paul Wellens with that, that press, press conference. Now, the athletes are the, are the products. They create the game, whether it's tennis or rugby league, and the fans are a big part of that. But the media uh, promote it, but nothing else. But they completely dictate what what is what is said in the press and and how stories are spun. Now I, I'm quite pleased that Asaka has, has taken this stance because for too long I think the press have have, have taken control of, of what happens in these press conferences, and players or athletes just 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 do their bit and 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 attend these conferences and sometimes they're hung out to dry when whereas they really hold the power because the media don't have a job or they don't have revenue without the players yeah but hold on hold on let me interject yeah. us there right and, and obviously this depends in different sports and you mm. guys will know this but for example take premier league football right where the press conferences are, are far too much and I've, I've spoken to pep guardiola about this name drop pick up the microphone genuinely though he he has come over here via Bayern Munich from Barcelona in a completely different sport to tennis and said, this is ridiculous, the amount of interviews we do, the amount of pre-match, post-match, sometimes different sports, NFL, during match interviews, half-time interviews, you know. He said it's too much, too much, too much that he should do one interview that's not a press conference, that's on the day of the game yeah, fair enough. and that should be given to all the broadcast yeah, rights holders. Yeah, that's how it should be. However, let me give you the other side broadcast rights holders, and I know it's different in rugby league, but still comparatively, rationally, pay a fucking shitload of money. So, right? I, so no, they expect 
when they pay that money and they pay the players and the managers wages because that's as simple yeah. as that and I know again it's different in rugby league but they expect to be able to have those interviews that are, have been contractually existing I think they should play the tune dictated by the talent rather than the other way around because that's how it is at the minute mm. Asaka's contractually obliged to attend these press conferences yeah. but but that's she, not understandable to you that she's contractually obliged to do that. No, but there's a certain understanding that she should be able to answer some questions. Mm. But when it sticks, when those answers are manipulated in the press or said a certain way that totally disrespects the player, I think she, I think she's called the bluff. And I think she's done a great job yeah, there because for too long they've dictated what's said, the questions that are asked, and completely control the narrative of sports stories and sports. So, so what, what's the way around it? Because look, let's face it. Both parties need each other yeah, and it I would be the, John, most boring game in the world, whether it's rugby league, whether it's Formula One, whether it's whatever you want to call it, a sport, a game, whatever, whether it's darts, whether it's snooker. If you did not get the stories and the humanity and the humility of the people that you're watching and you just watched a game, whether it's 80, 90 minutes, an hour and a half of Formula One, it would be the most boring existence when you have to have oh, those stories. And yeah. therefore, they try and rattle people, the media. And, you know, they also try and get inside people. They try and understand. There's an empathy. There's a sympathy. Whatever. I think there's a lot of lack of respect sometimes from the media's point of view. On no, they're just poking. The they're football. just they're just poking, aren't they? They they want a response. Not so, all the time. Yeah, no, but but a lot of it is exploratory questions that lead to somewhere that mm. then it, that becomes interesting. We've done it on this podcast. Yeah. Start asking people questions, they go somewhere, and then you follow it. Yeah. That's like that's that's how sort of good journalism works. Mm. Um, but it's effective, and it? it's just yeah. why it's like it's my, my, the my test issue of time. is that that if. Are we saying she is contractually obliged to contribute to the communications of a game? She, she? She's contractually obliged if she's going to compete. And I don't game. want to make this all about Naomi Osaka. I wanted no, to make no. it a, a wider topic. No, How, no, I'll answer it. So she's, so she's contractually obliged if she is uh, competing within the French Open, let's say, which is when she's pulled out. If she does not do the... Bearing in mind that she, this was only after, you know, there's round one, there's round two, there's, round two, there's the last 16, there's the fucking quarterfinals, whatever... Every, before every match that she's pl she plays, if she does not turn up to a pre-match press conference, she will be fined. She was fined £15,000 for not turning up to, to one of the press conferences. She therefore, rather than saying, I'll pay the money, whatever, she paid the money and then said, do you know what? I'm just going to pull out the whole tournament. Good on her. And to make a stance. This is also, let's let's make it clear, this is also, um, I think you can describe in the nicest possible way, as, a, as an activist, Naomi Osaka. You know, she's worn George Floyd masks. She's, she's worn various other victims of shootings in the US. She, she likes to make a statement. Um, however, when you throw the words mental health in, you know, you have to be massively, ma massively sympathetic and, and sensitive around those issues. And she, she therefore has pulled out on mental health grounds. However, what has come out of it is and I, and that's what I found interesting is the structure of the press conference and the relationship of the media with players. Well, there's, there's too much information. The irony is we're on a podcast talking about this. Yeah, there's too much information out there. There's too many sources of information. Mm. There's too many different like outlets for information. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know when the rugby league blackout happened. You know in support of mm. of you know the diversity stuff you know yeah. we, we you know everybody had a media blackout for the for the the weekend yeah um st helen's website had 250 percent hits so like i i think this so like, people will find their way of getting their well, information if you want to find it you get it the, the the problem at the minute is media's being produced and shoved down our throats all the time mm. and i just think we sh you know there's if the people want it they'll find it 
But that's not going to change, is it? Like, you know, I, know, no. I know you guys aren't big social media guys, but say, for example, the biggest stars, and even even Osaka, I, I'm guessing, I, I have no idea, I've never been on her pages, but someone like Serena Williams has got, you know, multi-millions of followers. But she's not managing her own pro. Like, no, we're talking about no, different... No, 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 no John, John, John. individual but, controlling the narrative yeah. around what she says. Mm -hmm. And I think Osaka feels like that she doesn't control that situation, like Mark rightly said, is yeah. that that is dictated by news organisations. So by, there's an anxiety because she's not in sponsor, control of it. By yeah. sponsors. Oh, oh, there's guys who are on a, a backdrop. You know, you don't get interviewed with the pitch in the background. There's mm. a backdrop with names on it. Yeah. So there's a large corporate. But you can understand Rolex, that. Rolex will be on that board. But you can, John, you can understand that because they yeah, pay your wages. Yeah, they pay your wages, I'll, these I'll guys. You, so they want their slice of it, don't yeah, they? No, but I'm not saying it's a pressure of what we're talking about, whether it's a conflict between Osaka and the press mm. or it's a conflict between the larger commercial issues in a game, the press and Osaka. Yeah, but we're never going to but we're never going to get away from, as Wilco describes it, the larger commercial issues. No, because they have a big impact on paying because they fund the whole thing. Course, you know, we'd be nothing without that. But I'll give you a scenario. If uh, every single female tennis player played in the French Open, male as well, said, look, we're not playing unless you, the press, indeed, a certain, certain criteria where they won't spin stories mm. and, and negatively talk about players that, that detrimentally affects either their, their, their mental well-being or their, their image and profile. Would 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 they would they adhere to those criteria and yeah. and be a bit more respectful? But I just think of course then, they would, but, but then they're not because the, they're in control. At the but minute. then the players have to take a butty on how much they get paid. But I'm sure they would. You know, if they say right, okay, well, I'll half of the money I get paid. Um, we don't want to do any press. We don't want to promote it. Or, we're not doing anything. Or or it's just promoted, but in a more sensible manner where they're not slagging everybody off. Every I don't time. know how but, much of that's controllable. So say so in the in the Osaka case, for example, and obviously. This this complete discussion is devoid when we're talking about mental health. We're not we're not you know if, the, if these issues with mental health are as severe as Naomi's describing, then this isn't even a conversation because she just needs to take some time away and get her head together and whatever, and get some people behind her and some coaching and so on. But if she, this is a woman who's willing to pull out of the French Open, who's currently the world number two, and therefore in brackets hand over a shitload of cash which she, which she would have got even for just appearing at the tournament and not even getting anywhere near the quarterfinals yeah. then that becomes an issue and I know it's different w within rugby league so here's an example why is it different though no no I, well I say it's different because like I said at the beginning you guys and I know you were different to Mark I mean Mark was Mark was an England night star back in the day but for, for one game against Ireland you, you were John uh, you were a star as much as you won't admit it and when you when you know the early uh, noughties Mark he was he was he was people wanted to slice him and they wanted to hear what he was going to say and whatever because you were you were a face of the game and that is different no it no uh, well, you, well, yeah, I know that's, that's your ego saying that you weren't but you were so people wanted to hear what you had to say whereas for for 95% of rugby league players they're not interested in what they've got to say. People might want to know now why Zach Hardacre's head-butted Sam Tompkins or like the story behind that, whatever. But, you know, the pin-ups and the stars, people want to get into their heads and the number ones in Osaka and the number two cases, exactly. Here's, an, here's, here's the story. So um, uh, Jonathan Liu is a brilliant journalist. He's a very diversive, uh, divisive character, very divisive character. You know, people don't get him, don't understand him, but he's an excellent writer. And he, and he wrote a piece on the Sasaka story and he, he used this abbreviation of FQM's first question man. And I've experienced this, right, from a very young age. I'm 37 now, but when I first walked into a press conference in a work capacity when I was probably 17, 18, 19, and, and I walked in and there was an FQM was in existence then. It wasn't a man full of ego or, well, I say woman, but there weren't, there generally back then weren't any women in a press conference. That's changed a lot this guy would ask the first question and it would have no 
meaning it would have no it wouldn't it wouldn't be this killer kind of question that you were like wow he's thought like all week of how to get this guy going get inside it was a lazy almost in his head thinking i'm going to break the ice with this question of just like even if it was post-match so here we go st helen's just been beaten in the the good friday derby by wigan uh by by 10 points didn't go your way today did it justin you know it would be that lazy but it would but it would get things going and whatever but it would be awkward. And I remember even at a young age sitting there thinking, this is fucking awkward and, and lazy. And I'd studied journalism and it felt like, uh, not me being a snob or not me looking down on people, but I felt like I, I don't want to associate myself with these people. Mm. But they ran the show. And, well, and, I, and I wonder where even today where the world has changed a lot. Uh, Naomi Osaka walks into a press conference and it's still very cock fucking heavy. Let's face it. Let's be brutally blunt and honest about it. There's a lot of you know, there's guys there who can't read the room and who aren't asking the right questions. And I'm not putting everyone in that category because there are some brilliant journalists, but it's being led by that. And everyone's getting off on the wrong foot, and there's no empathy, there's no humanity yeah. or humility in the questioning. Yeah, and maybe she's bored. But she's no. young, mate. She's but bored. Be bored. No, but bored of answering the same shit questions. Mm. But then you have get some bored. fun with it, no? What, know, what do you, you do just, in that case? You just get bored, don't you? That's when I got in trouble in my career. Exactly. From having opinions and saying things. Because I when did you get in trouble? I didn't know this. I got, like, I got told off by the club on numerous occasions for having an for being opinion. being a smart ass or being no, a, just having an opinion. At uh, uh, a young age, like, you know. No, no, just having an opinion. Early said 20. there wasn't really a World Cup. Ireland didn't play rugby league and got Do you pulled. in trouble for that? No, yeah. that was a lot later. No, it wasn't. But that, that opinion came out in the 2008 or whenever the, right. that World Cup was. I know you said Tyrone McCarthy. Yeah, upset. but anyway, look, look when, when you get asked dull questions, you give dull answers, don't you? Mm. Until you get to a point where you think, well, I'll actually say but something. But John, you've hit the nail on the head because this is my, this is what I'm thinking about. Is there not a joint responsibility then for this? Because of, you've just admitted, you know, the, yeah. the, where this money comes from, you know whether you like it it's or not. It's a symbiotic like, relationship between the, the sport and yeah. the sponsors. So the sponsors feed off the sport and the, 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 the sport feed off the sponsors. But in my head, I think that the, the media dictates both of those world really but they have a right to in some way and I, yeah and I, but i think but, it's when it's disrespectful so if i went to a press conference and some you were you were asking questions mm. and you said oh you played pretty shit today mark but that's not disrespectful is it if it's true but i think that's quite disrespectful if if someone said that to me in this in the street mm. you just walk off wouldn't you yeah, but, but there's, a, there's a the contractual obli obligation to answer that question yeah no. but i don't think that's right for a disrespectful question yeah. to be have to be answered. I, I understand that completely. Which, which is what I, happens in press no, conferences. No, I get that. And when you guys, the sport that you're in, and it's very different to tennis, you put your body on the line and you know, you've know you been you've been run over by bulldozers all, all, all 80 minutes. I get that. And you're, you're then there's the emotion you've lost again. There's the ego. There's all the things you want to throw in. And there's someone there who, most of the time they do. Most of the, let's, let's face it, most of the people you've worked with over the years on Sky are very great and are very, you know, they understand empathy. They understand questioning or whatever. And this is no sort of accusation of people who work within rugby league but there has to be a, a relationship there because there, there is, is, yeah. if there's not th this is only going to get worse and you can, you've seen it with lewis hamilton you've seen it in formula one you've seen all the boycotting whatever and then people who have the power who are the stars of the game they don't give a shit about the connections with the the, the, the commercial partners and whatever but i reckon this is what's rate. happened with asaka that she's been pushed and she's gone do you know what i'm sick of this shit i'd rather make a stand now 
for the future that if they want me to play, I'll play, but I'm not going to be sit there and get asked stupid questions that's disrespectful or it's undermining my performance and her as an athlete. Mm. But you but you see that, John, because yeah, you, yeah. you see both sides, and this is why it's interesting, because yeah. obviously you've gone from player quite quickly into media, and you, well, I mean, you were doing media while you were player. Yeah. So you've seen both sides. So go on, what's your view? When you walk in and you're well, doing BBC and you're doing Sky, and you, you've done it before when you've interviewed your mates and you've interviewed it, Carl Amor yeah, and people like that straight it, after a game. Yes. I think the, the need, there's an appetite for authentic media, things that are real, that yeah. aren't, aren't, you know, built around bullshit, you know. I think there's so much nonsense out there now that, like, genuine, real stuff comes through. And I think there's a responsibility. I think, firstly, one, one of the things I think a responsibility of a report is, or of a, a reporter is, to observe what has happened and our articulate it succinctly mm. to somebody who wasn't there, mm -hmm. right? That's the job. The facts of the game. The fact. Yeah. So the, the opinion pieces and all that that comes off the back of it are interesting and entertaining, but, you know, I, 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 yeah, it's a necessary evil, unfortunately, for the sport. You know, at the end of the day, if there was no TV deal in Super League, Super League wouldn't exist. So, you know, it is, as Mark said, it's a relationship that must exist. Um, and unfortunately, people get offended. People dislike that part of the game, and and it, and somebody taking a stand if they that's what they believe, like wholeheartedly agree with it. It's great, but ultimately, she's not going to feel the pinch because she's number two in the world. Mm. It might be the number five or six seed in you know the UK who's not then getting funding because mm. there's no publicity and the sponsors pull out because they're not getting the clicks that they were getting before. So it is all linked. Mm. It is all linked. It's not as simple as just saying somebody's been a bit mean or, you know, being a bit out of line to, to a player. At the end of the day, it's entertainment as well. So yeah. we should be scrutinised. Why yeah. would it would poke me? Poke me, ask me awkward questions. Don't ask... The, my issue is not that. Mm. I, I like it when somebody comes at me or has something to say. Because ways of saying things, wouldn't they? And if, if it's... Well, if I, it's, I, it's I a lead, think... It can be a leading question that's yeah. got a bit of respect about it. But I don't. I can't think of an example in my career where I've felt offended by a question. Really? In my entire, I, I felt offended by how shit the questions were. Mm. Well, there because you go. they they scared around asking the real question. Well, good. No, 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 but I haven't been offended by it. You're asking me to name questions. No, that no, no, I no. But elaborate on that. You've been you've been offended by how shit the questions. So, like the level of kind of just uh, talk us know. talk us through that today. Not yeah, lack of, but fair. you know what, John? No, sometimes the most fair. sometimes the most simple question is 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 when you're not leading and you let people speak. For example, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, let yeah, me give yeah. you an example, right? So when I interview Pep Guardiola, okay, the one way you can get nothing out of him and, and how you can upset him within five seconds is you put any single piece of opinion into your first question. So actually, and it's an educated view, the easiest way and the best way and the and what you are going to get the most from and the most, whatever you want to call it, clicks and likes and stories on the BBC Sport website and clips on Match of the Day is when you just let him do the talking. So you, so you it's something as simple, and it yeah, sounds yeah. so shit on telly, but it's something as simple as, Pep, I, I, I've even said this to him over, over the years as well. I've said, Pep, I don't even want to put any words in your mouth, so you just tell me how you feel right now after that. As simple as that. And it sounds shit because it's late, you know, that may sound lazy, but like you no. get the best stuff because yeah, he gives you what he wants. There's also something that happens away from press conferences where they'll have a conversation, answer certain questions, but it's what they take from those answers and, and release into a story. I remember Raheem Sterling and Phil Forden, <clears throat> within the space of two years, both yeah. bought the, the mum a house, right? And one story was, 
um, Flash Raheem, something along the lines of Flashy Raheem Sterling. Oh, you were there as well? No, yeah, I was there. I, was, I bought the house. I was the estate agent. Flash Raheem Sterling buys extravagant, over-the-top house for mum. So they, they painted in a picture that he was Flash and over-the-top. And then Phil Forden did the same. It was humble Phil Forden mm. buys a nice semi-detached house for his mum. And it was... The same story, but spanned completely different ways. So, if that journalist asked me a question, or asked Raheem Sterling a question, I'd be fully, I'd be fully agreeable that he he, he should be kind yeah, of backward. You've opened, up, you've opened up inherent societal racism yeah, issues in yeah, the but UK. Yeah, it's not, not just racism, but there's there's, well, so, there's certain agendas in there. It might not be race, it might be certain other things. Yeah, might be misogynism, but it could be loads of other other reasons. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, no, but, I, I, but I, Naomi Saka might feel the same way. Yeah. I get it. Look, so so for example, here's another one. Um, football players, and I know it's very different within different sports, but football, and I don't know whether this happens in rugby league, I don't know whether there's the infrastructure for this to happen, but a lot of Premier League players are coached of how to deal um, with press conference scenarios and interviews and post-match interviews. Because say, for example, you've got these stars, these young stars who've just, they've scored the, the winning try in a, in a, grand, in a grand final. But they're 18 and they've never been in front of the cameras. They've had one great season at St. Helens or whatever. And, they, and they're suddenly You're then... You're talking about Jack Wells. But yeah, I am, yeah. But, uh, but they're talking, you know, a variety of players. I mean, whether you want to call it Micah Richards back in the day at Manchester City, someone who's just not used to doing interviews and is going to swear or whatever he's going to be. And they are very vulnerable. They're very vulnerable for things to be twisted. What you said, the opinion pieces, the twisted pieces happen well after the actual battlefield moment don't they they happen the next day or two days they're the very considered pieces so they're trained just to bat things off and that is the most boring thing in the world and i've seen it because it, it, it's it's contagious into other sports where people will suddenly say oh yeah you know it's all about the next game it's like who gives a fuck about the next game? i know you're going to say that and I, and I get why everyone does it because it's just it just bats things away they're taught to do that but no one's getting anything out of that they're not learning they're not d uh, evolving as a as a human being and as a, as a young sportsman and the media get fuck all out of it they don't use the clips they get angry so then next time they come in, they'll ask something which is really intrusive. But, but speaking about a bigger issue here is that the intrusive nature of media in football and journalism in football has led to the proliferation of banal platitudes around mm. sport, making sportsmen and women Cliches. uninteresting, making the events uninteresting, making post-match interviews uninteresting, making press conferences dull as fucking dog shit. Mm -hmm. So let's change it. How? 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 Well, tell, how? instead of telling young people how to straight back a question and not get caught out, how about we coach both the media and the athlete to, one, not try and catch people out, yeah. be a good journalist, and two, tell people to have a fucking opinion yeah. because catching, I can't catch, be asked listening to yeah, but John, yeah. sports there, there, there are the baddies, whatever you want to call them, catching people out and twisting headlines. And let's face it, a lot of the people who go into these press conferences and but ask the questions... who reads those? Who no, reads those? They do, ones? they do, because it's clickbait and it's social media yeah, but these days. Just... No, but hold on, let me finish my point. So the people that go into the press conferences aren't the ones, aren't the subs who are in the big office in London in the shiny shard town hours and whatever coming up with the uh, you know average size penis length headlines in the newspaper on the back page yeah so they're the ones that sell that they're not the ones who are asking that question and if you ask those you get those humanity pieces they're great they're going to be eight pages in the ones that sell papers well, and that and gets clickbait and and click on twitter feeds and instagram feeds are, are the the punchier questions so there is a catch-22 there well yeah no the look the media you know, consumes that that sort of stuff, doesn't it? And and there's bad, you know, bad journalism, bad stories occupy a lot of the the space, don't they? But that doesn't mean that that a sports person shouldn't give his opinion. I actually think we should encourage young sports people to say what they think. 
because you actually what you're uncovering is is opinion and I think that's always productive. I think burying someone's opinion deep down and then for them to come out with it at like 27, 28, when they finally get a platform is dangerous. Like encourage people to develop their opinions and say your opinions out loud because when you say something that you believe in and it's an opinion, you get the opportunity for somebody to have a counter argument against you. Yeah. You get the opportunity to hear from somebody who doesn't like you. And if you spend all of your time straight batting questions for fear of having an opinion what are we telling our young and you know people what? it's a good a good opportunity for rugby league because every other sport has this divide between players clubs and the media whereas if there was an opportunity for them to be on the same page where the media doesn't i think rugby league's quite good that the, the the sport's not big enough for there's a big clickbait on the back of it but if they play if they were singing on the same hymn sheet and they, there's a lot of exposure for, for, from players to, to, to be on media or do interviews. And if they kind of put players at ease, there'd be more availability from players to do interviews, whether that's straight after a match, doing giving great insight into a match or a game as it's just finished. Then it'd be quite refreshing for sports fans to see that honesty from a player's point of view that, that's that's pushed out there to sky but or straight whatever. batting gives you an easier day and let's face yeah, it, does, it when you've it had a, when you've but had a defeat or whatever you straight bats I think you're an easy day yeah, you're but, in the you're home promoting a, a game there's 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 it's quite a nice feeling with a player opening up and, and that being publicised no, the is, world. No, and I 100% agree with you. What, saying, what we do be... here, look, we're not, we're not ripping up any fucking trees here. We're asking questions. Some of them, some people accuse me of asking leading questions. Whatever. I like to think that we get some people on. We're getting people most of the time who've retired or are at the latter stages of the twilight years of their career who can be a bit more honest and whatever. But what I'd love is to, to be able to get people who are 22, 23, who are the stars of the game and being and opening up and being honest here. And then that for then infiltrates into post-match interviews. It's not rocket science, is it? You, you, you know... But there's, there's, there's two things that are certain about rugby league is we get headlines in the papers when something goes tits up big time. So somebody hits somebody, somebody gets caught drink driving, somebody takes drugs, somebody does something that's antisocial. Mm. That makes F the Fugby League is my favourite ever headline no, in but the sun. It makes, it makes the headlines. Fugby League. What we've got to work out is as a sport, the banal platitudes, the boring sentiments that mean nothing mm. are never going to permeate into the mainstream media. But somebody with an opinion who, who actually has something to say and, and somebody who can articulate his opinion, that we should encourage that and rather than this media training thing is nonsense. Well, you tell I'll me an example. I'll give you an example, Will, of what, yeah. what, what, where we get it wrong in our sport is mm. um, there's a guy, there's a guy who I played with for a number of years. He's got the most fascinating backstory and I won't mention him because it, it's not fair to do so because he's never talked about it. But you don't need to dig very far to find it. It's a big tragedy in his life yeah. and he's never been asked about it. And when I've asked him about it, he's open about it, talks eloquently about it, but nobody's ever asked him about it. And do you know when I spoke to somebody in the press about speaking to him, they said he's not a great talker. Mm. Well, he sat on one of the most transformational stories that you mm. could hear. But are they trying to protect him? No, they're not. They just do not. The media do not ask him because he can't present well. Right. So it's just, it's, it's it's a mad situation, I think, that we're in, you know. And, and going back to the Osaka thing, like every individual has their rights to say something or not. But the worst thing, rather than saying something or not saying something, is saying something in the middle that you don't mean and that means nothing to anybody else. Mm. That's even more damaging than, than not saying anything. 
I'd rather mm. players go, just nothing to say about that. I'm done. But, but or you, say what they think. The bits in between, everybody, you know, you, it's that story you're reading in the paper, you know, you're reading the you know, Sunday Times and you mm. go, oh, you know, so-and-so was disappointed with the first step. Yeah. Do you reckon it, it's a responsibility of the clubs to promote that, though? Because if I was playing and I had, a, had a, an opinion on something, and then like you said before, the, the club didn't like that opinion, mm. then that, I get a telling off, then I wouldn't do it but next time. Have, but, but the clubs have got a responsibility to promote characters and personalities in the game in, a, to in order to promote. Club. Yes, but there's, there's a fine balance yeah. to have no, a, so That's I've, my I've, question. I've so when you of, were at St. Helens, for example, right? Yeah. When you, and you, you know, when you were Wigan and even when you were in uh, Australia, Australia the NRL, get yeah. mate. Get mate. When you were there, Bruce. did you ever have, because let's face it, you're very different characters, you and John. You're an introvert. You know, you've come out of your shell a little bit in the last few years, but you're an introvert. introvert. Whereas Wilkin is no. the Roy Keane of rugby league, right? And always has been, even since he came over as a little boy. So, for example, w were there any people educating you? Not educating is too strong a too strong a word. W was there anyone even suggesting how you deal with a post-match interview when you were at St Helens as a kid, Mark? <clears throat> deal with it. Because it's, it is something, asked, John. I'm... It is something. No, you're sat there with the microphone in your, in your mouth now. I don't, right? I don't think deal with it. No, but there is because you, it. It, can be, it can go so terribly wrong. I uh, uh, Saints offered most of like, the, the younger to middle-aged lads an opportunity to do media, media training. And they offered about five or six of us when I first signed. Mm. And I, I signed up to it. Anyway, nobody else did. And then I went to Media City. It was Dave Woods and somebody else. And nobody from Saints went, and there was like five or six witness players there, and I was mm. only on. But I knew that wasn't media training to tell me what to say. It was it was cues and, and tips on how to present yourself, which was yeah. quite good. But I think that the expectation to say a certain thing is there from rugby clubs. That they, they do, I think they do expect you to say straight back questions, don't they? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think you you encourage not to have an opinion in sport, especially when you're. Is that the same with you though? Because you know yeah. you're ten years before that. So was, yeah, that, yeah. was it the same? Yeah. You, if it's anything detrimental to the team, don't have an opinion. But it's low risk. Bury that. it. Low you know, risk. Bury it. Just bury it. Bury your opinions. Don't take your opinions to work. You know. But you're being. That's, but that's my point, John. You're being encouraged to to bury your opinions. So yeah. what chance have we got trying to get opinions out of you in a scenario post-match? Well, no, no, well, they can only ask, they can only try so much. Well, no, you've just, what you've got to do is keep digging away and eventually you get, you'll sometimes catch... You get, sometimes you get 90 seconds, John. I know, but you're, trying, that's to, why you get you're trying to banal, catch a No, but that's why you get these banal answers <laughs> yeah, no. and, these, and this cliché... But it's, it's boring for us listening to those questions. So we, we just give the same stuff. So there's a stalemate is what you're saying. There's a stalemate. That's exactly what's happening yeah. in media. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they should be on the sing singing from the same hymn sheet. There's Conrad Hurrell has more Instagram followers than anybody else in Super League. And because he's a character, and I reckon he puts bums on seats with the way he plays and the way he kind of reacts to the crowd and he has has a personality. Mm. As uh, If you rate him as a player or not, he gets people coming to games and getting excited about rugby league. Now, I think Leeds are quite good that when they signed him, they knew what they were getting in for because... He's got a larger than life, perf larger than life personality that should be pushed more from all clubs because yeah. But is it not dangerous then, just relying on like Mr. X, who John has just described, and other people like we said in the past, George Burgess, whose whose dad died of motor neurons, and he's been through all these things. And people have got everyone's got backstories. We've all got backstories. Well, just let them tell the, the story. No, I know. But you, is it not dangerous then to to rely on that? That that seems to me to be you to might be not too have far a to, you to, might not have a backstory. You might just week. be like funny and charismatic, and there's nothing wrong with that either. 
John, you know what good journalists are like. You work with Mark Chapman, right? Chappers is one of the best. He's right? He asks great friend. questions. He's, new he, best he's, he, he's a he's a he's a great thinker. He's he genuinely to me, he, he, despite him taking all the work that I may have had ten years on, he's he's he's. I, I accept that one well, because he's no no because he's outstanding. He's outsta- He's an outstanding well, journalist, but. There, you're never going to get that level of journalists through all the sports and through all the stations and through all the you know local and commercial radio stations and whatever and people going and asking these questions and this is absolutely not an attack on people because I think Jenna Brooks and all these people I, I genuinely think Sky do a fantastic job that's my opinion I think they do um, with what they're working with uh, with, with and the, the money that they're working with and the, you know the budgets for, for example that they get but you're ne- do you know what I'm saying? You're not going to yeah, get yeah. that level of. Oh, the best the best journalism that I've seen is that empathy, you know, the, and the, mm. the win you trust. You can't but, coach that into a journalist, you can, can you? You, you? Yeah, you should. I think you should be able to build trust with people. It's like it. I don't think naturally, you know, a lot of the maybe the rugby league journalists are that sort of that type of person, you mm. know, that, that would 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 automatically go and build trust. There's a lot of obviously since. Like staff journalists for rugby league got dropped off the papers, didn't they? Mm. So you know, national papers used to have staff journalists, and at that time, I'd say the staff journalists had a bit more leeway to go out and get stories and find stuff. Mm. But the demand is, we need to to report on just the bare bones of what's happening in the game, and that's that's where we're at. I think has there been ever been a big editorial on a player in a national paper? Well, yeah. there has some people like Sam Burgess and they've just, just try and destroy them, don't yeah. they? Well, the word John says, though, trust is big. Mm. And that's from a player to a journalist point. But then if you massive. trust someone too much, you get your pants pulled down. Yeah, but, you know? yeah I know that. But you've you got a track record and reputation to uphold as a journalist. So I think that trust is massive. And when I've spoken to guys who've come on our podcast, whether it's Callum Watkins or Dan Sargenton last year or Keegan Hurst when he told his story, when it's sensitive subjects... There needs to be an element of trust for people to open up, and I think the people then expose that's where those weaknesses, Mark. And I'm not saying anyone would do that with Callum, with the you know the suicide story which he told us. But I'm saying when the, when there's an emotional story, which then people would be like, do you know what? What am I going to get out of telling someone that story? I may get you know a couple of weeks of like, oh, I'm so you know I'll sympathise with you, blah blah blah. But then would that not be used as a as a as a tool to then expose someone down the line? Well, well, we've 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 only experienced it ourselves, but we've been trusted to, to have a conversation about stuff, sensitive subjects like that but we've not been we've not unearthed that kind of or used that story for a different agenda have we yeah no but we're sat on a podcast that if it does well gets clicks yeah but we're not let, we, let's face it we're not here we're not here know, we're not here to, 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 to as I said before with various BBC <laughs> we're not here to make people cry and do well. I'm, I'm great no. I'm all up for having a conversation learning about someone's past yeah I know but, but we're different to what we're, the people we're talking about yeah but what we're just talking about there is we're not we're sensitively covering a topic because we're not concerned about you know the, the clicks and you know like how many people watch it and all that which is actually bullshit isn't it because we're sat here on a podcast where we get paid to be here that's sponsored by Super League therefore there is an inherent but, interest in yeah, that yeah but our agenda isn't to stitch someone up no but it's the content that we're creating that no, generates it's the agenda because you wouldn't give a shit if someone said to you John by the way you're not asking the right questions, sweetheart. You're off yeah. this next week. You wouldn't give a shit. So, yeah. it's, so it's it's nothing to do with that, you know. No, no. But I'm no. saying the content drives the interest, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. So we're we're all looking for that content. Yeah, but equally, yeah, but purpose- if I was sat here with someone's mate, I wouldn't want to have a chat with sat on a couch with a beer, asking like, "Has everything been all right?" You know, you're having a, a mundane an hour conversation. You know, we're, yeah, we're getting to. I think it's a gender and purpose at the end of it. End of the day, mm. if our agenda is to embarrass somebody 
to get clicks, that wouldn't be right. And, but I don't and know, the people no, see that. Give me an example of journalism that is embarrassing. Well, I'll give you an example. 100%. No, I'll give you, I'll no. give you the, the, the Raheem Sterling thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's, football. That's football. Yeah, but we're talking football. about football. No, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you an example. Yeah, no, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm comparing a lot of this to football just because that's my, my experiences, whatever. But, for example, you know, everyone remembers that moment where Mourinho walked out of a po uh, podcast, out of a uh, press conference, and went three times, respect, respect, respect. That was to a journalist, right, called Jamie Jackson, right? He works for The Guardian. JJ. JJ. He, like a lot of mainstream journalists on, on the front line, whatever, you almost can't build a relationship with the protagonists because you can't get too close to what you're going to shit on at times and whatever and, you know, write certain things because they're never going to agree with everything you write. And they can't. That relationship would not work at that level of sport. So Jamie Jackson, for example, will sit there and almost on purpose put on this faceless human of, you know, almost like trying to disguise himself with sunglasses on and whatever at the time, just ask these questions that aren't humane and that aren't, no, it's humane is the wrong, wrong uh, description, but, you Respectful. know, that aren't, yeah, that aren't, uh, they don't have empathy within the question and so on because y you can't, you, you have to maintain a relationship, but you can't get too close to them because you, you'll lose your job. He'll be out the door. If he's not getting the stories and the clicks and whatever, and more so now than ever, it has become a, a story of clicks. And we, we go back in uh, full circle to the point where all these main stars have, have social media. They can connect with their own personal fans and people who are interested in them in one... 150 well, they should do tweets. that then. They should just like all the so, no, all so, the athletes of the French no, Open should fuck all the press conference off. No. Say, do you want to play? Do you want us to play or not? Yes, and then they just do their own press conferences through social media, and then see how far the media get. But on the, the back then of that. that wouldn't work in the stalemate that John described because the broadcasters, the broadcast, the rights holders would just go, "Oh yeah, no, we do want you to play. And if you're not, we're yeah, not going well, to pay." Well, do you know what happened then? They'd stop, stop asking ridiculous, but stupid you know questions. My point. All, everyone has a direct route to people, right? So they can put their own content and they can they can monopolize their own. Um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their own, you know, however they want to shove this down people's throats, right? Whereas not the mainstream media isn't interested in that because it's it, because it's monopolized content. It's like that they want the tricky questions. They want to poke the the bear in the cage after a game because they get back back page headlines. Yeah. So how does this stalemate end, John? Well, don't know. Just people. I think just people have a genuine opinion, have something to say. Just have something to say, and and actually do do what all great politicians do, is dictate the yeah. the flow of a conversation. That's the point. By by you don't answer the question, you answer uh, you 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 acknowledge the question, and then you take a conversation where you want it to. So go. as an example, I'd say, John, you play pretty shit today. I'd say, well, it's interesting you say that, Mark. Yeah. Actually, if we look at Wigan's form over the last four weeks, they've been incredible, haven't they? You know, they've won the last four games and how well is, you know, Jackson should, Hastings playing at the minute? He's been fantastic. Do you know what, I'd, so, do you know what I'd say? I go, you think I was shit? Johnny Lomax was really bad. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I think, I think, I think in that last 40 seconds, John's hit the nail on the head because for me, if I was going in as an independent person into a club, into Wigan, St. Hans, to these big clubs and trying to coach young players. So I was going to Wells. We're like, sit down with me for just two minutes and I'll tell you something. Hey, hey watch uh, Matt Honcock and no, no. Uh, Boris Johnson no, just would, deflect I'd, every question. I'd be question, more topical and more relevant. they've got and death more, on the hands. More, I'd be warmer than those guys. I would, I would say exactly that. Someone asks you a question, right? Are you going to be the boxer or are you going to be the punch bag? Because if you're the punch bag, you're going to get fucked up, mate. And that's going to be contagious and it's going to carry on for the rest of your career. Whereas if you're the boxer, but a very polite boxer, you know, like, oh, I'll take you 12 rounds and I'll just beat you on How points. polite of a boxer? Answer Crawler? You, you're that person. Roy and Jones. then you say to them, yeah, do you know what? Great question, but politician, Tony Blair, throw your hand down three times and make 
those points even after a game because it just becomes robotic to be able to do it with a big smile on your face with lots of personality and you take the answer exactly where you wanted it to go they repeat yeah. the question you do it again with a smile on your face yeah, thank you good night yeah control the narrative players we've just we've just convinced we've just, we just won it <laughs> we've won the argument no, but people do do that they do do that and they are the characters of the game Klopp is Klopp is an, a great example of that when the football, he still gets his feathers wrong, ruffled up in it yeah. and he's emotional and he's human but that's why people love him because he, he trips himself up and he gets angry and he and he's a hypocrite and he's human we're all fucking hypocrites you're not going to be like people like the human aspect of they like mistakes they like people fucking up they like whatever but if you can consistently have a bit of humanity and you can control the thing, then you're in the box seat. And I think, you know, someone like Naomi Osaka is too young to understand that at the moment. Or, or maybe she is controlling the narrative. Maybe she's more ahead of all of us. Maybe she had an injury and thought, or didn't, couldn't be arsed and thought, I'm just going to use this for my, for my own personal gains going forward. Mm, but I think, it, I, I genuinely I, think I, it's I, interesting. I think, I think it's I great think, that she's I think done in, it. Any, in any sport, I think there is an. Um, whether there's the budget, and I think that's that's important, whether there is the time, whether there's the infrastructure for this to even be a conversation, I'm not even sure within rugby league. And that's not me belittling it, but, you know, someone going into, uh, forget championship, let's just talk about, you know, Super League level. It, at Lee, and John, be careful what you say about Lee Centurions, but... You know, are you telling me that they've they've got someone in there that can just go in and go like, do you know what? Let's just have some role play. Let's have some foreplay today. We're going to spend the day with the whole squad. I'm going to pretend to be that wanker journalist from the Sun, and I'm going to ask you those questions. Is that even done? Because that would cost you about a grand for the day. And I think a, yeah. a lot could be learned from that, John. A no, lot could no, be learned it, from that conversation. It could. It could. But the products of those conversations, I I did a bit of that when I was young, and it's like how not to get in trouble in interviews. Whereas. I kind of think differently. I think getting yourself in trouble, not not because you're doing it intentionally. I just think if you deeply hold beliefs and you have opinions, keeping them inside, like it just sends them underground. If you're encouraging people to just keep their opinions underground, I just think it, it, it's never. But good. John, you're speaking from the per you, you're, you're. I love you. Yeah. You're one of the weirdest guys I've ever met. Yeah, that's so, great. No, no, that is great. Exactly. <laughs> so you're talking from your point. I, I just don't think you're talking from someone who no. uh, doesn't think uh, like that. And the great, the journalist, I'd love do, to do interview a hundred of you every night. You think like that, as a quite a forward thinking guy, you wouldn't have thought like that at 22, 23, would you? Yeah, I, I, I've never had a problem saying what I think. Even even at that age, yeah, no. Yeah, and, we did a press conference for saying, do you not think I probably shouldn't say this? Well, no. I said winning the two thousand and four Challenge Cup final was a bit underwhelming, mm. which didn't go down well at the time. You know, because after the event, it was like amazing. Mm. But I was like, right now, what? We're back. You know? Well, Mark, you're a prime example. People think you're fucking boring, and you are. Like you, 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 you don't say anything. It's only, it's only, it's only <laughs> in retirement that you sort of come out your shell and you thought, like, do you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a he's bit digging more. You, he's digging you out. I'm going to be a bit more outspoken. But you, no, but you, not, no, 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 you, played, you played it safe. You straight batted everything. You were never me. out. You never got LBW. You straight Because nobody everything. asked me questions because I was never considered a player that of interest. So it goes back questions. to my original point that if you ask, you know, well, you ask a shit ask. question, you get a shit answer, correct? But also, if you if you straight bat something after but the game. But the stars of the game no questions. Come back at you. There's no, there's there's no, the, the, the superstars who, who, I, who I play with, they're not going to ask me who just fucking made 40 tackles a game and just did his best. Are they really? But I was but, never. But you get spun around. It's like, uh, right, you know, he, in football, for example, right? He, he, I'll tell you this at Manchester City, they, they have a a formula of interviews. So say, for example, so-and-so scores a hat-trick, right? Say Kevin De Bruyne scores a hat-trick. Oh, Sky, BT, BBC, match of the day, everyone with the, who's the rights holders, 
Five Live, TalkSport, you know, whether it's radio, whether it's whatever, whether it's television, they want to speak to the star of the day. Some big clubs now say, oh, you know, he, no, no, he, yeah, he did last week. So you're going to get... You're going to get Mark Flanagan who's boring as fuck. Exactly. So it's, it's, so it's rotated. And, and again, I know that's, within different, that's different within different sports. But there's, that's the level that it's got to at elite sports and elite interest sports that is going to be your first clickbait on, on, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, on the BBC Sport website, where they're even rotating it. So it's like they've already got a plan to, to be like to take away the romance of a game. John Wilkin, you just scored. I mean, fucking hell, you never scored a hat-trick, did you? No, he scored first four. Maybe. Did he? Oh, yeah. take it back. Okay. We want to speak to John Wilkin. Oh, he can't. He did last week. Mm. Yeah, it's never got to work both ways, hasn't it? It's got to work both ways. You'd be begging yeah. for an interview. Yeah, interview me, interview me. Interview mm. Talk to me, talk to me. What would understanding here is there is an intrinsic link between the media and sports. Can the relationship, like any relationship, is evolving with the with the advent of social media, with people being able to control their own narrative, rightly what you say, Will. And those archaic structures like the press conference mm. are nearly dead, aren't they? Mm. That's not going to exist for a mm -hmm. lot longer. It's like a relic of Fleet Street -y sort of. Do you know what it is? It's always, you're going back to like the 18th century, the sort of like the comparison of what it is. You're there and you're, people are like unrolling their scrolls and they're taking, you know, they're like, it, it, the format is so out of date and it becomes even more out of date when you have FQM, as but Jonathan Lee yeah, says. But I, yeah, but I think what John was mark. touching on then, I think the time of the media making enemies of athletes or celebrities or people in the media and being able to spin stories whatever way they want and having no consequences is gone. Because of social media, yeah. they can either straight back questions and say yes, no, whatever, mm. and they can be on, in control of their own narrative and their own stories and their own message to the fans. I think there's there's a there's going to be a time to come where the media has to play ball a little bit more and be a bit more sensitive. But towards enemies work. Enemies work. You know, Zach yeah. Hardaker, you could argue, is a, a bit of a pantomime yeah. villain with the but, enemies work because they sell stories. Uh, yeah, a know, little bit. Do. But but I, I think but it's the advantage that the media have over over athletes and people in the, in, the, in the in the spotlight. Those days are a bit more numbered. And I, and I felt I should have pulled Chris Radlinski up on something last week because he said that, you know, if you look through the social media profiles of your players and it's not good enough, it's not marketable enough for the mm. sport, the club signed Zach Hardaker. Mm. Mm. And why did they sign him? Exactly. They should, play. should we get him on no, Zoom because he's a good player. Mark, but, him up. No, but he's a good player, but he'd had loads of misdemeanours and whatnot and it wasn't a great brand representation. And it only dawned on me after we'd finished. I was like, but mm. that... You know, so we you look. We've got to be careful who we put forward, and 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 we've got to be careful, you know, who who we promote because mm. there's some really interesting players who don't get a microphone put in front of them. Why? Because they're not done anything controversial. They don't say an awful lot, but because they've been forced into this system of just saying nothing and keeping out of the way. But let me tell you, there's some mega interesting stories from people yeah. who you just wouldn't speak to no. and they don't get interviewed. No, and Mark, like, Mark's example's right. An articulate guy, well-educated, probably didn't get interviewed as much as he should to get his opinions out yeah. there. So who this guy are we, every week now. He's on but, Sky last he's Yeah, on Sky. exactly. Exactly. But, no, but no, that, you know, it's a great point. Uh, but I also wonder with people like Robert Elston and, you know, the future of, of Super League going forward, how 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 much is, this is even on the agenda of board meetings? Because I imagine, not answering my own question, but I imagine it's fucking right down the bottom. And I understand why it is. I understand why this wouldn't even really be anywhere near. Because you, you're too bit. You, you're negotiating TV deals. You look. You're worrying about the immediate future of the game. Don't get me wrong. All of this 
collectively could enhance the immediate future of the game. But you're batting off problems about Israel Folau saying things about gay people. You, there, there are bigger issues at stake. And, it doesn't, and, and let's be honest, rugby league does not have the infrastructure to be going through all of the elite clubs and having these conversations. Yeah, no, we, we 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 need we need publicity like any sport. But like I said, the, the the more information, there's more there's more information out in the world now than there ever has been, and it's like exponentially growing. So when you're competing with all of that information mm. and technology, and it's just increasing audio books, you know, computer games, like it's just there's infinite sources of entertainment online now, and you can get your information from anywhere. It's like, how do you permeate, like push through into mainstream media mm. now? It's harder than ever. Yeah. But you, you guys have a responsibility to do this. You know, I know, I know you're doing this podcast for different reasons. Mark, you, you need to do it to, to keep things going. And you've got keep two kids walking. and whatever. Wilkin could walk out. Going, Wilkin, business is going Wilkin's fine. Wilkin's the Roy Keane of rugby league. What are you doing up here from coming up from London once a week for a little, little but, podcast? And in all seriousness, you, I think you two as... as former players I'm not saying you have a responsibility because you, you, that's a that's too much of a burden but everything uh, we've talked about yeah. you could get one of those players sat on that empty couch next to you Mark and have these conversations and people then become far more like wow I didn't yeah, see I, this I, I love this the person. game I absolutely love it it's given me so, so, so much, much, so much in the world one second, one second. Callum Watkins for example yeah. we did a couple of weeks ago could have he's 30 years old now the story that he told on this podcast, right? And this is not me bigging up this podcast because there are fucking millions of podcasts and everyone does a good job on them, whatever. Ours is just another one in the ocean. People may never have known that story, right? For a player that, that has been absolutely fantastic at Leeds and, you know, has gone to the NRL and whatever and is still only 30 years old. So that he could have, he could have quite happily got to 50 and never told that story and people would have never have known that. So I think you guys do have a bit of a responsibility in that sense to, to be able to engage with them because you're still at a level where you're the same sort of age and you can have these conversations with these guys. Yeah, because I, like I was going to say then, I, I love the sport. It's given me everything in life. And I, I, if I could help promote it in any way, I would do. And I think there's a lot of players that are, are so talented and have great stories to tell. I think it should be pushed, pushed out there and told because it, it isn't all the time. And that's one thing that I think this thing might have done a little bit is kind of tell that story. Some shit stories. Shit as well. stories, yeah. Of you know course I mean? there is. Of course some there is. Some people who you don't. They're always going to be great, are they? No, no. Like you, you like Sean Long pissing on your passport, you know? Is that a great yeah. story? I loved it, but you know, no, some no, people no, no. might at home no, be like, no, I'm oh, not sorry about the stories. Janet might have been like, yeah, that's a bit inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. No, we need, we, yeah. We need, um, we need to think seriously about the, the the game you know about where we where we go otherwise it won't be taken seriously John that's my point and I'm speaking from someone like I, I'm not in the game yeah, I'm just an outsider asking little questions you know that it's not it's I genuinely think and it's not just about rugby league it's other sports as well if you want to be taken seriously you have to have all of the things we just talked about for but, the last like, 45 minutes but there is a stalemate and I appreciate yeah, that yeah but and like, play your own rules as well like, let, let players be their own person like, rugby, that's different rugby league's like a supermarket now you walk in or, or sports are like what a kind supermarket. of supermarket are we sort of Morrison's are no, we no. you know are like talking about about is, let's say you walk down the biscuit aisle in a supermarket yeah and then all of the sports are the biscuits and then the people pretty much know which biscuit they're going for mm. they go right there bang got that hobnob straight away yeah or whatever well you're relying on a very niche audience to come and get what we've got mm. That's that's the problem. Yeah, isn't it? Rich yeah, team. but and I know and I know exactly what you're saying. But then, 
make your biscuits the sexiest fucking biscuits yeah, ever so and someone might like a little nibble you know that's that's the point isn't it yeah. you, you may not your biscuits will not appeal to people sat in in fulham and chelsea and west london and ealing or whatever and that's fine and accept that you know but then don't, the trailblazers don't, made something different don't take the five best biscuits out of your pack and let them go and play in the nrl in australia yeah, I don't think you'd ever go. That's a whole lot. That's a, but you're if you're taking a biscuit, again. stand out from the crowd and do something different, which might be like unleashing the personalities in your game without stigmatising them in the press. I think she's. I think Naomi Osaka, uh, whether intentional or not, and I think it, it absolutely was. I think she's a very intelligent young woman, has opened up a let's call it a, a biscuit packet, which is a which biscuit is, packet of worms, which is, which is fascinating. I think it, it's opened a fascinating discussion into something we all knew that was there. It's yeah, only it's just it's, only, it's been coming, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's only just it's only just sort of just shoved it down our throats again and been like, oh, remember this? Yeah, yeah, we better do something about it. you know. It's it's a it's a stalemate. It's fascinating. It'll be amazing to see how people like her, people at the absolute top of sports that people um, pay a lot of lot of money for. You know, your top footballers, your top tennis stars, your top F one drivers like Hamilton can can make a difference because we wouldn't have, let's face it we wouldn't have been talking about this this week had it not been for her profile hmm. yeah no, if no. kyle amor had said i'm not that's it i'm not in a press <laughs> conference today we wouldn't bat an eyelid mm. I, love, I like kyle oh, yeah. i like kyle but I'm in fact saying. i love kyle i don't love yeah. him like keen any final words <laughs> <laughs> do me a favor it's good that wasn't it you know what's that you know, it's good this just good. anyway Throwing it round. Throwing it round. Throwing it. A long way to go, but there we go. Don't forget, uh, you can uh, subscribe, by the way. I don't think many people have. No. You can, you can um, rate and give review. Give us a review because we keep dropping every week. I don't know where My mum got a mention on the reviews. Did she? Yeah, apparently want to see you on Sue Fanning on the show. Review. So will John. Mm. I'm more of a cow with his reviews. All over. Um, right, give us a little follow at Art with your RL on Twitter, and we will be seeing you when, Mark? When, Mark? In, uh, in a while. Crocodile.